I am so thrilled that drum hero Simon Merry has agreed to join me today. Simon is one of the UK's most sought after drummers who's played with so many amazing artists and he currently drums for 80s pop sensation Rick Astley. Never gonna give, never gonna give. How are you Simon? I'm all right thank you Claire, how are you? Very well, thanks. Thank you so <laughs> much for moves. joining me. <laughs> Definitely. Um, now, you are originally from Northampton. I am. Bought the Cobblers, am I right? Yeah. And yes, um, yeah, you went to school with my big brother, and I know that you come from a very musical family. So yes, I want to sort of start off by asking you why did you choose the drums? Um, I think, well, I'll tell you what happened. My, da- my dad's a piano player. So, and my dad was um, like a pro musician and he'd worked with oh, Lulu and Des O'Connor and, and um, he was associated with Gene Pitney for years. Who he, was, he was his musical director. So from, you know, 1973, the year I was born, I, that's all I, I just saw. I saw my dad doing gigs all the time. Um, and he got me to play piano when I was about seven, which I did for about three years. And then I wasn't really into it. It's good I to just, know, I though, just, isn't it? I guess it's good to. Yeah, I think so. I mean, wasn't that wasn't maybe not into it, but I just it, it didn't interest me. First of all, he didn't teach me because mm. um, he didn't want to. He didn't want me to pick up his bad habits. So <laughs> I had a, I had a, I had a bit of a sort of like granny piano teacher. Ah, uh, <laughs> not very inspiring. Just, yeah, not really. And I wasn't, you know. Anyway, I, I, my dad used to sort of like every every now and then go, "Oh, t- just come and play me what you did," you know. And then there was one day I remember I must have been about ten, where he sat me down at his, his piano and said, "Um, oh, uh, go on and play me what you've you've been going through." And I started playing it, and I sort of I just stopped playing. And he just went. He looked at me and went, "You don't want to do this, do you?" And I thought, "Now's the time to tell him." Yes. And I went. I said, "I said no, I don't." And he and he literally took the music off the piano, threw it on the floor got a piece of paper and just started drawing a drum kit because he oh, knew I was into drums. Yeah. So uh, What a so, great dad. That, yeah, it really, yeah, he was. So, and then literally about oh, maybe two or three weeks later, we drove down to London to Charing Cross Road and he bought me a Premier Olympic drum kit. How lovely. Did you get to pick the, the one that you wanted then? Uh, I did, yeah. I think yeah. So. yeah it was a, I mean, it was a very basic setup. I remember um, I didn't have any cymbals, so uh, <laughs> I had to play... I played the hi hat rod, just like clank 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 clank. I was I was hitting that and then play, playing beats on that. But um, yeah, bless him. He brought me a kit when I was about must have been ten or eleven. So um, yeah, that's how I, that's how I started playing drums really, and um, how I got into it. Um, and yeah, my dad's sort of been my mentor all my life really through, uh, you know, getting me gigs and uh, telling me to move to London and things like that. So he, you know, he's been a he's been sort of my my hero really oh that's lovely it's great to have that kind of support isn't it really to encourage you and kind of you know he could show you the ropes as well didn't he really because you did play with with the Gene Pitney band for a while didn't you You kind of went on tour with your dad and didn't your dad audition you as well to make sure that you were (laughs) worthy did indeed (laughs) um it was um I was about 18 and the drummer um who had done the gig a guy called Alan Savage who, who taught me drums actually um, uh-huh. he couldn't do the tour so he said to me my dad said to me do you know what I think I want, want to give you you know give go at you know playing with Gene and I, he said but I've got to audition you so um <laughs> it's I had only my drum fair, staff in isn't Chev, 
<laughs> absolutely no yeah. Yeah, i mean nepotism but you know he's not he's, uh, not, he's like you know, i had to because he said to me look you've got to be as good as everyone else really to mm. do this so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna you know bring you in just because you're my son no. so um he auditioned me with the bass player so we all, we all played the set in the shed in the garden Ah, how um, lovely <laughs> and then i ended up i ended up flying to australia about six months later amazing oh I, yeah that was the first proper tour i, I did and do you think that yeah. really set you up to be able to kind of work with all these professionals and it sort of springboarded your career yeah I, I think so it was I mean playing with someone like Gene Pitney he's I mean he was like a 60s legend and and and, and all his songs were like you know big orchestrations like uh, Bacharach and David and Leave and Stoller all these big songwriters had written songs for him and um he um he used to, he used to have a orchestra you know he'd have a string section a horn yeah. section percussion bass drums guitar my dad was playing the piano you know it was a big it was a big deal you know and and you don't really see a lot of gigs like that now you don't um, do you now was, really no yeah, so yeah. I was it was it was thrown in at the deep end so yeah. but I think it was good as in you know you now nowadays you don't have that sort of thing you know it's it so going in with a big orchestra you know literally going oh oh well you know was was a good thing you know definitely um, and I learned a lot I learned a lot on uh, playing uh, that music and playing with the band and playing with my dad as well. Oh, and when you moved to London then, how did you get your first big break there? Um, I'm, I was in a band uh, before I left London to, uh, that was based in London. Uh, and the bass player in that band, um, when I moved to London, was the only guy I knew. Sadly, he died a few years ago, but um, he... Um, he just got me some work. He just, he just, he just put me in, in a band that he was in and adept on a, a sort of just covers bands and stuff. And I did things like that. And, and then um, I got into a band uh, that was signed in America to Sony. We were called Shooter. And uh, we did about two years in America on and off. We had a bit, we had a single on, um, do you remember the do you remember Dawson's Creek? Yes. Yeah. Yes. We had a, we had a song on that. Um, oh, album cool. and um and uh yeah we uh, uh, the guy who managed the band a guy called simon harrison he's a big agent in london um so after that band uh sort of fizzled out he he booked me he started booking me on um as a freelance really uh and playing for artists and i think he got me he got me that the natalie brulia gig which i ended up doing for yes a couple of years. Ah, yeah, yeah. I love that song. I mean, Torn. Kind of snowballs from that. Torn, torn, such, such, such a great. In fact, I remember, I remember auditioning for that uh, for Natalie and Brilliant. That was the song we had to play. It was two songs, but that was what that was hard what, to that play. Was, I can imagine hot. on the drums. That's pretty tricky yeah, one. It's like a sort of sixteens on the hi hat with one hand. So, um, <laughs> funnily enough, I was talking to a drummer friend of mine the other day, Steve Barney. He plays for Anastasia at the moment, Annie Lennox, and people like that. And he was at the audition as well. And we were we <laughs> talked about 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 that song as well having to play that song yeah yeah but yeah yeah so anyway yeah that, that I mean that, it obviously went well for you <laughs> yeah it was, yeah but it was that I mean it was the guy that guy Simon Harrison he sort of got me my first you know sort of uh break into playing for pop artists down in London really brilliant um, yeah. And I mean, you've done so many, really. Now you've worked with so many um, famous artists, a lot of the 80s artists as well. You've done, you, you did that Here and Now tour, didn't you? This kind of retro stuff's really made a comeback, hasn't it? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's how I ended up playing for Rick. Um, there was a, uh, yeah, Here and Now, which doesn't really, they don't really do much now, but um, 
it was a house band, so you played for all these oh, artists. Yeah. So I mean, sometimes you play for like twelve or thirteen artists. You know, they could range from like Toya um, to you know Go West or Midjour and uh, mm. who else? Uh, Boydjour, Pepsi and Shirley were on a tour. Remember we did. Um, so yeah, we got to play for all these people. Rick was on one of the thing uh, tours um, I, I did, and then he was just getting back into uh, doing gigs again, and he wanted a band. So I ended up I ended up getting the gig from doing the house band. That's good. Yeah, so you've made those connections and obviously built up a good reputation as well. I think we should list all the people that you've played with over the years because it's pretty Mm. phenomenal, isn't it? So what (laughs) have we got? ABC, Alexandra Burke, Altered Mm -hmm. Images, Banana Rama. I bet they're fun ladies to hang out with. I just imagine them to be really cool party girls. (laughs) Belinda Carlisle, Bucks Fizz, Chicane, Cutting Crew. Gary mm-hmm. Newman, you did a Top of the Pops one with him, didn't you? Uh, I did, yeah, I did a Top of the Pops 2 live thing with yeah. him. We played, uh, we played our friends electric, yeah. Fantastic. Um, Gareth Gates, Gene Pitney we've talked about. George Michael, yeah. that must have been quite interesting as well. Yeah, that came about through Natalie and Brilliant because at the time uh, Natalie was managed by George Michael's manager, oh. um, Andy Stevenson, and uh, he rang me. A day before uh, he needed me, he rang me and said, oh, what are you doing tomorrow? And I said, well, he said, oh, George is um, doing a, a Parkinson TV, live TV show, and and his drummer can't do it. Can you do it? And I went, uh, yeah. I bet you were like that. <laughs> yeah, it was, wow. it was pretty It was pretty mad. <laughs> Did you um, sleep that but, night? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, he's, I, I never get starstruck, and he was the probably the only person I've ever been starstruck with. Oh, I'm I mean, not he surprised. Had a, he had an aura around him when he came into the room because we were rehearsing in London and he came in a few hours after we, you know, we set up and started playing. But, and I was introduced to him by his manager and I shook his hand and I literally sort of went, oh, Aww. hello. <laughs> it was pretty crazy, you know, considering, really? I mean, that was in 2006. And I think, you know, going back to the 80s, because I, you know, I grew up listening to Wham and yeah, you know, that sort yeah. of stuff, and then all his solo stuff. It was, I mean, yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was a proper like, oh my god, it's George Michael. I'm not surprised <laughs> he was such a talent. Yeah. Did you get to hang out with him afterwards and like not get to really. be his buddy? I mean, or... No, not really. Like I said, we we only did, we did a couple, few days of work, and yeah, um, he was a very private man. Yes, and, um, yeah, you could see that. I mean, he, I, I, I was, I was just a debt in, in, and he had all these yeah. regulars in the band yeah. who were like a heavy heavyweight musicians from yeah. you know, Danny Cummins was on percussion, Chris Cameron was the MD. Um but he 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 liked his his people and and mm. and it was all uh it was all very professional. Um so much so much so that he did his own monitor mix. So oh, when, really? we did rehe- when we did rehearsals he had it wheeled he had his own monitor mix wheeled to him where he could just do his thing. It was wheeled specially over for him. There you go. When when you've got money, you can do whatever you like. Well, (laughs) absolutely. But how, Um, I mean, that's great to be on Parky though and to have had that experience. You look a bit like George Michael, actually. You could have been his his younger brother. You've got a bit of that look about you. (laughs) 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 And who else you play with then? So many people. Howard Jones, JLS, Mm -hmm. King Creole, Kim Wilde, Louise. Mark Almond, Matt Cardle, Midjour, so many. Natalie Ambrulli, we've talked about Nick Kershaw, yeah. fantastic yeah, Oli Murs, yeah. Paul Young, Ridian, Rick we'll talk about in a bit as well. Yeah, yeah, Rick's yeah. amazing, isn't he? Um, the Sugar Babes, your three degrees, Toya. Three degrees, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, to Pow, 
And how do you say that? Yeah. Tund, is that the part of the Lighthouse family? Tundi, One of the yes. artists. Yeah, yeah Tundi, yeah. that's it. it. Yeah. Went, it was when he went, it's when he went solo, yeah. I did that. Ah. And then yeah. Boys Own Paul Young, and you've also done things like um, played for the X Factor and on Strictly Come Dancing as well. So, yeah, 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 yeah. so many things yeah, you've quite, done. Yeah, quite a variety of stuff. When you when you actually read it off like that, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think as well as a drummer, I I don't think everybody realizes this when they go to a live concert. But there's so much responsibility that the drummer has. And I always, I always say that the, the drummers are the un, unsung heroes, really, because mm. you quite often start the song, won't you? And you'll count people yeah. in. And like, it's yeah, so yeah. obvious if ever a drummer misses a beat or anything like that, you know, that's it's so obvious, isn't it? So I mean, oh, yeah, how course, yeah. do you kind of cope with that sort of pressure? Um. I don't know. I think you have to be confident. You know, if you're playing the drums, you have to be confident. You can't. You yeah, can't definitely. Mess it out, really. Because um, I you guess know, sometimes I you don't get rehearsal time either, do you? Or no, very little, no, like you were saying like, before. Not, a day, you know, no. come in tomorrow and do this amazing live thing in front of all these people. Yeah, exactly. And and, and obviously sometimes you get you, you'll be at some festivals. It depends what sort of thing you're doing. But you don't even you, like say you don't get sound checks. And sometimes you'll get like you'll have a house engineer monitor, so you don't know what you're going to get in your ears when you start playing I mean it's Crikey. pretty crazy but um yeah um but I think you know if you've got a good bass player as well in your band bass and yeah drums, you lock in you know, together that rhythm yeah, section yeah once you've got it sorted but I mean yeah I mean I don't know I just sort of sit behind the drums and hit them and see what happens it's, do you get uh, nervous before you go on <laughs> I do a little bit not not um good nerves yeah that's important you know, not, i guess no i'm not i'm not sort of going oh god but you know <laughs> but i do get it's, it's good to have a bit of nerves i think a bit yeah. of a nice adrenaline rush and yeah never does anyone absolutely. any harm does it a little bit of adrenaline absolutely running through not. their body do you always like do a warm-up beforehand to make sure like your fingers and your hands work and those wrists I do a, right? a little a little bit yeah a little bit i used to do a lot and then I used to be quite tired when I was playing because <laughs> I'd done too much. Because <laughs> you'd worn so, yourself um, out. It's getting old, isn't yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, um, but no, I just, I mean, I mean, since all this, you know, it's happened this year, I've been practising a bit. I mean, I don't really have a lot of facilities to practise, but um, uh-huh. but I've got, I, I have practice pads and stuff and, I, and I, I'm often playing. But um, um, yeah, it's it, it's been weird not playing this year. That's the thing. It's been oh, so because I'm used to just I'm used to I'm used to playing four or five times a week and and yeah. and, and, that's, and I've I've played like I don't know a few times this year so because your tour um, with Rick earlier in the year it ended like really abruptly didn't it because of the pandemic didn't you all have to fly um, back from Japan or something yeah we we did we was yeah we we February we did um a tour with our heart in Australia um and then we went to New Zealand and then we were going to finish in Japan uh and when we were in new zealand the japan gigs started to just we had about four or five they started to just one by one go and i remember the day before they said look we're still going to fly anyway because we need to get home from there but we've got our we've got our show in tokyo and literally as we're getting on the plane the manager just turns around and goes it's gone we're not doing wow. it so you know that and must you have been really weird because you said it was really well changing yeah and what was weird was we were 36 hours in, in tokyo with nothing to do and you could tell then that something weird was happening. Mm. I mean, you know, the streets were empty, yeah. bars were closing. Yeah. It was really wow. eerie. And even the hotel, yeah. the, I mean, I think probably we're the, we were the only people in the hotel. Really? You know, in, to- in Tokyo, which is, you know, it's usually it's normally sort of, you know, buzzing, isn't it? Vibrant. Yeah. So it's, yeah. That, it, was, it was very weird. And then when we came back, 
obviously, you know, what happened happened and, and we were supposed to do a tour in May, April, May, mm. which got put back to October this year and then it's going to put back, back again, again in May. Yeah. So fingers oh, crossed yeah. May, but I mean, you know, let's see. It's but what's been, been lovely been is that Rick's been really resourceful, hasn't he? And you did these drive-in gigs. Yeah, we did. We did. A, we did. A, we were supposed to do two. Another, the last one got pulled because of the yeah. lockdown. But um, we did one at Nebworth House. Yes, which was great. I mean, it was back in September. The, the weather was still nice. Uh, people drove up and had a little sort of roped-off area where they could get out of their car. It was really odd. But well, it, was, it must but, have um, been a strange it, experience for you, like to yeah, not get that it, live, close-up vibe, that energy. Yeah, people. and because there was quite a lot of distance between the front of the stage and the first like, row of cars. So, um, yeah. yeah, it did feel like everyone was miles away. But there was apparently there was 500 cars there. Um, and it's funny, but uh, during the first song, when Rick came out, he, sh- he just shouted out, everyone put your left indicator on. <laughs> that's so funny yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah it was it was it was weird but it was good and it was and it was it was nice to, to to do a gig in you know because I know a lot of gigs weren't happening so it was actually nice to do a show oh. uh, and, and and have a bit of normality again but um and I bet people yeah. love that as well because we've been needing things haven't we you yeah. know it's yeah. been so yeah, strange definitely. without entertainment there's nothing yeah. like it is there that connection no. that live feeling the energy that you get from um a live performance of any kind whether it be music or theater and you know it's so sad yeah, that everything exactly. has stopped yeah of course it is I mean you only have to watch the tv that which like if you watch strictly that obviously that doesn't have a live audience now you've really noticed yeah. how 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 sort of you know it doesn't work when there's no like no audience. it doesn't yeah. it's strange isn't it so Every, everything just a bit looks more like a rehearsal flat. yeah it's, it's yeah. an odd feeling at the minute isn't it i mean yeah. it's lovely yeah. to be able to speak to you but isn't it strange like mm. that we're seeing each other over a screen as well and you know yeah. it's kind of yeah, yeah it is at least we've had these resourceful ways of being able to make stuff happen which yeah, are, yeah, yeah. you know is, is pretty cool now let's talk a bit more about rick then because he does seem to me to be um like quite genuine like one of the nicest guys in pop is that fair to say he seems like a really nice um, chap yeah do you know what you've hit the nail on the head there he's I mean he's by far the, the nicest person I've ever worked with how lovely um, and, and I'm not just saying that because I'm no. working with him at the moment but I, I he genuinely is you know he really cares about everybody and whether it's his crew or his band uh, and even his fans you know he's, he's very genuine I think and I think He's enjoying it this time round more because he's more in control of it. I think back in the 80s, he was on that Stock Aitken and Walkman. Yes. Yeah. Kind of, you know, manufacturing, churning yeah. out, churning out mm. songs, blah, blah. And I think he, I think he just got, he just got a bit bored of it and, and decided to quit. And I think now he's, he's actually enjoying go, going back and, you know, do, uh, revisiting the old songs, writing new songs. Um, and also he's great on stage. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's such a he's, showman. He's, he's natural, yeah, he's isn't he? He's naturally well. charismatic. Yeah. He's got a great sense of humour. You know, and he has yeah. such a big following. People love him still, don't they? The yeah. old fans, but then he's obviously yeah. got these new fans as well with his yeah. new music. Yeah. And, and, the thing, oh. and the thing is with him, he still looks like Rick Astley. He does, you know, he, he, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. doesn't look any different. No, so, he's aged ever um, so well. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. And he's... He's partial to the drums as well, isn't he? He is partial to the drums. Yeah, he gives me a bit of a break every now and then. So, um, nice. He, um, he likes his rock music. So, uh, more often than not, he'll get up and play um, "Highway to Hell" uh, by. <laughs> so he'll, yeah, he'll get up. He'll get up. Uh, get on the drums and uh, 
yeah, it gives me a bit of a break. But he's a good drummer. He's a great drummer. In fact, he was a drummer before he was a singer. He, that's wow. that's what he did. He was he was um he was in a band playing drums when he was Brilliant. a kid. Yeah. But he makes a great Frenchman as well, doesn't he? It's good that he's a yeah. multi-talented guy. Uh, I love yeah, his yeah, um, really... Christmas song. Didn't he sort of just write that over this kind of lockdown or, or around that sort of time? I think uh, he, I mean, I spoke to him the other day and he said he wrote it at the beginning of November. So he, he got it out <laughs> very quick. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and the, the video is hilarious. So he did some of the stuff yes. with the green screen, didn't he? Now, am right, yeah, I yeah. right in thinking that his wife is the reindeer sitting on the car bonnet. Yeah, I, I only know that because I saw him, he, talk, he spoke about it on Sunday brunch the other day. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wouldn't dare say anything else. But, um, yeah, 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 apparently his wife is the reindeer on the car. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. <laughs> um, so yeah, did you like put the tracks remotely on that? How did that work then to put that together? Uh, that was all. I think he just he did everything on that. Oh, did he? Ah, oh. I mean, yeah. Oh God. Oh well, Rick can play everything because he because he's more, he can yeah. play every instrument. He just put that all together yeah, yeah, yeah. and then green screen Absolutely. the bits yeah. and got yeah, the women yeah, yeah. That, yeah, to send yeah, yeah. it he's over. Got, I mean, he's got he's he's got a studio set up at home as well. So yeah. He's I imagine he's got everything very, he could possibly ever want. Yeah. <laughs> oh. um, so have you got a, um, like a highlight then? You, you've got, you, you talked about George Michael. Um, what mm. about like your sort of best like live gig? Ooh, a best live gig. Yeah. Um, Do you have I'm a fave? There was, um, we did this big show in Chile a few years ago, which went out to, it, it was, um, it went out to millions and millions of people. And it, but it's not a show you wouldn't, we, we don't we have over here, but it was a live show. Lana Witchie was on as well. But Aww. that was quite, um, that was quite an experience um, just because it was live. And also everything's quite late over there. And we went on at one in the morning with a live, with a live audience outside. It was, it was, it was, um, <laughs> Crazy, but yeah, there's a lot of pressure. There's, yeah, there's a lot of pressure when it's live, when it's and it's going out live, you know, yes, proper yeah, live. yeah. Um, um, but yeah, we had it. We had it, but that that was that was a that was a very good gig. Um, I'm trying to think what else we. Um, one of the best gigs we did and then went to see was when we did um Summer Sonic in Japan, where we played on um we played in the afternoon uh, on one of the stages. It's like it's a bit like V Festival. Mm. Oh yeah, uh, similar kind of deal. But then um, we went to go and watch the Foo Fighters, who uh, were who were who, who were who were playing the stadium there. So we all oh, got yeah. in the car. They took us to this. They took us to the thing. We we, we thought, oh, they'll put us, I don't know, somewhere like out front where we can watch the gig in a box or something. They yeah. put us at the side of the stage. So we're watching the Foo Fighters from the side of the stage, um, and that's when Rick got pulled up by Dave Grohl and pulled out and, and got got to sing, uh, "Never Gonna Give You Up." Fantastic. Apparently, they they've been. Yeah, yeah, and apparently they'd been rehearsing it that afternoon randomly, <laughs> and then and then they saw Rick at the side of the stage and just pulled him out. So, do you want to come on the scene? What an um, experience! That's brilliant. I bet you love Taylor Hawkins, don't you? Oh yeah, they were they were invited us back to their room. Nice afterwards after so party with the food. Yeah, we ended up hang, yeah we ended up hanging out hanging out with them and um, yeah Taylor Hawkins came in with his uh, with no top on wearing shorts and sat down <laughs> and, and ate a pizza. How appropriate uh, so but it was weird because i was we were talking i was talking to taylor hawkins about um everlong because rick sometimes plays everlong in his set which is quite hard on drums to play so i was i was i was 
I was saying to Taylor Hawkins about us when we do it, and he was, and I said, it's quite fast, isn't it? And he went, yeah, sometimes it's really fast for us as well. He said, Dave starts it really fast. And he says, and sometimes <laughs> he does it, sometimes he does it at the end of the uh, end of the set, which is like, you know, like by then I'm, I'm worn out. But yeah, yeah, really, really <laughs> weird talking, talking to Taylor Hawkins about a, a Foo Fighters song. How surreal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's but, pretty yeah. memorable, isn't it? What a great yeah, experience. Um, what about a favourite place in the world? Uh, as in gig-wise? and where we, Just where the we place played. that you've loved to visit, I guess, on all your travels. The fact that you've been um, so fortunate to travel the world. Again, I'm a big fan of South America. Are you? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love, I love yeah. Chile, yeah. Brazil. We've been to, played in Rio. Um, yeah. so uh, and great, Argentina. Great place. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's kind of weird as well, and, it, and especially um, in places like Brazil, where they had there were there were there were Rick fans who were about eighteen, nineteen years old, so, and they were holding up old eighties albums, which oh, I found really funny, weird because yeah. it's like, well, you were only born like eighteen years ago. You how don't even you know me? what a record is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so some of those some of those places, and, and I think they appreciate. Uh, the music they because a lot of artists don't go over there and play so when they do they they, they just go crazy for it you know? oh, they love it um right yeah. tell me about your kit then for all the drummer files that are listening because you're now indoors <laughs> by nato aren't you i am i am indeed yeah and so um uh, weirdly i've only played the the new kit once oh. which was on the um gig we did in september but yeah i've just i've just gone over to the toll um i've got the walnut uh series uh in piano white i think we've got that yeah um and i've got a new setup now i've got like i have eight eight by seven ten by seven twelve by seven racks then i have a 14 16 uh floor tom and a 22 inch bass drum although i am thinking about getting a 20 as well and having two on the next door Ooh, I like the look cheeky. Of bass drum. yeah <laughs> as well then. Um, so um yeah and the kit sounds great i mean uh, the the guy um george uh frederick who who looks after natal stuff in the uk he used to be at um uh premier which i was with as well ages ago but he he, he looks after story in fact he even gave rick a kit did he rick's nice got a, oh, rick's got a, rick's got a perspex nice. kit clear perspex kit yeah Ooh. so um which we were gonna i think we might use on the tour we might we were thinking about doing a drum battle on the tour but um that would be fun you but, should do that yeah. i think people would love that so, yeah, so I yeah, think that's, that, that might that might that might be a thing yeah. if we can get together. Yeah, yeah, I love the sound of that. Great. Yeah. And uh, the, what, drum, sticks the, drums are, what sticks do you use? What sticks do you? I'm with Vic Firth. Vic at the moment. Firth, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I've been using them them a while. Five Bs. If anyone's interested in mm. uh, what weight sticks, because um, that's very yeah. important, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I get through quite a lot of sticks. I don't know whether that's because I hit them hard or I've got bad technique. But probably. Do you think that you're a hard drum? Like, do you hit sort of hard? Yeah. Yeah. Like an, <laughs> a I bit of an I, animal. Yeah, and I think as I've got older, I've hit them harder. I don't really? know why. Maybe I don't know whether it's a sort of yeah. a man thing. You know, as I'm getting Might older, I really hit them. Um, <laughs> like, but no, you know, you got it. You got it. There's nothing worse than seeing a drummer who just sort of taps away and just doesn't really hit them. You know, it's that's no. what drums are for. They're supposed to hit them, really. So I think um, so. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Hmm. You might as well go for it. Do you, have you ever like lost a stick and then have you got it down to a fine art that you collect one and you know, get going? No one notices. Um, 
I tend try try not to uh, this. Um, I, I I do this quite a lot. If I do it, uh, if I'm doing, if we're doing festivals in the um in the like afternoon and it's sun, sunny and the sun's in my eyes, I put sunglasses on, not to be yes. cool, because the sun's in my eyes. Ah, it's, uh, maybe it's a, also maybe a little bit cool. Busy. Yeah, teeny tiny. Um, <laughs> but quite quite often, I'll stick my stick will catch in the sunglasses and the sunglasses will fly off. <laughs> they go uh, pinging off and then I'll never land on Rick. Yeah. <laughs> in his head but yeah. the wrong way around um, but uh, yeah but I don't know I try not to try not to drop sticks not, it's not a good look no it's not a good look <laughs> but I'm sure you never that never happens that never happens no, never. of course it never happens never happens <laughs> um, what advice would you give drummers who want to pursue a professional career um, I think you've got to I mean, play all styles, you know, uh, don't, don't just be, oh, I just play rock music or I just play pop music or I just play jazz, you know, try, try and, try and get, yeah, listen to all sorts of music, you know, I mean, I was lucky my dad had quite a sort of, you know, array of uh, styles of um, music that he listened to, so I used to listen to a lot of stuff he, he listened to, but, you know, and I still do now, I still listen to, I mean, I don't play jazz now, I did for a bit when I was, um, I was in a little jazz trio in Northampton, I remember years ago, which was which was great, but I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm no. I'm I'm not a jazz drummer, but I still listen to jazz. You know. Yeah. Um. And I think you've got so to, you broaden know, your horizons. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, there was you know, Rick had an album out last year, and we did we they did they they he called it Reimagined. So he did different styles of like um, Never Gonna Give You Up and Together Forever, and we did them a bit jazzy, you know. And I got the brushes out and played, and it was great. It was sounding great, you know. Um. But um. Yeah, I think you've you know you've got to you've got to you know play play try and play everything you know try and try and try and get your yeah. head around you know and do you think it's important to read music as well? Yeah, yes, I think it, it makes you understand music better when you can yeah. read it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't tend to do a lot of reading gigs now. I do I do some stuff in the West End, um, mm. and that's reading. But yeah, I mean. You read it, yeah, but I mean, you have to go and watch those shows a few times. So by the time you go to do it for the first time, you 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 sort of know it. I guess you've got um, to know it inside out and back to front, yeah, because of the yeah, nature. I mean, yeah, and I think when I, when I do, like today, I've just been writing a few bits out for this um, radio show we're doing on Friday. But I, you know, and because I can I can write music, I, I, yeah. I can just I can just write it out very quickly and and, and um, you know. It, See, that's a really good skill to have, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So, um, what do you think the future will behold for you? You've got your tour then now that's been postponed to next May. Mm -hmm. So that's exciting. You've got loads of stuff mm -hmm. lined up, you know, in the immediate yeah. future as well with these radio shows and stuff. But yeah. where do you see yourself um, sort of in the next five, ten years professionally? I mean, hopefully I'd like to be carrying on doing what I'm doing and being as busy as I've been. You know, uh, I'm, I'm hoping because of this pandemic that when everything does go back to normal, people are going to because I've been starved of live music, I, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping we're going to be mega busy and, and, and travelling everywhere and, and, and getting to do loads of gigs. And, yeah. Let's hope so. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, as long as, I, long as I can carry on doing what I'm doing, because yeah. I, love, I love doing what I do. And, um, you know, it, it's, it, yeah, it, gets, it sort of gets better every year, really. I, I, you know, That's it, it never, it's, never, it's, never, it's, never, it's never boring. No. It's never boring. It doesn't sound no. one piece boring. It no. sounds amazing. No. Yeah. yeah. That's great. So, um, yes, yeah, so you keep playing with Rick Astley as long as he'll have you in his band, basically. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. As long as he keeps on going as yeah, well. Yeah, he'll keep the, going. The good, thing, the good thing about Rick is he, he enjoys doing it. He, he, he's not... You can tell. Never a, he's, 
Yeah. Yeah. He's he's ne- he's never like oh god we've got to do this gig you know it, it's always yeah. it's, it's always like, like a massive party before the gig you know we even it's have so, a little shot so of Jaeger it's like a it's like a tradition we have a shot of Jaeger <laughs> before we go on do you and all together always, like oh, yeah. oh that's so nice and we and and, it, and it's just a little sort of perk me up for the for yeah. the gig you know and and, it, and it's fun and I think. You know, that's what life should fun. be as well isn't it really listen listen if, yeah. we're, if we're having fun on stage then yeah. the audience the, and the audience more, can you know? feel it and they know it yeah. and i think just that's so yeah. lovely oh yeah. simon it's been so good to <laughs> chat with you it's like, no, you like really lovely <laughs> thank you so much for um for joining me today and i said it before when i saw you earlier on in the year you are absolutely living the dream aren't you <laughs> oh, and, bless um, you. do you yeah. know what it couldn't happen to a nicer bloke you, you're so talented oh. and you deserve all of the success that you have and have had and you're going to continue to get and mm. i'm going to play rick's christmas song now love this christmas so um Thank you so much from Hero, Simon Merry. (laughs) Thank you.